Good morning. I told Merle when we was on the break that either he's looking in on me or I'm looking in on him or something because the sermon today goes right along with the lesson that we had this morning. If you weren't here this morning, this is the lesson, Baron Fig Tree. You know, it's real funny in the way things are. God has made us a beautiful way of salvation. And men out here, they love the things that God provides. Sunshine, rain, entertainment, all the things that he gives us out here physically. <clears throat> but they don't really appreciate God morally. And when we see the Jews, as we studied this morning, and as we're going to read here in a moment, his chosen people, they got to where they didn't see God for what he really was. They did like the world does. They go through the monitions of religion. Uh, they put on a pretense of uh, who they are. But God doesn't want us like that because God, he wants us from our very heart. He wants a relationship with us. He wants us to come to him and he wants us to understand. He doesn't want us to be like the world floundering out here in darkness. And he wants us to be fruit bearers. But it's not like what you think. Because, see, people have that <clears throat> mixed up too. Because they have bearing fruit mixed up with works. And it's not the same. Bearing fruit is a product. It's a product that comes. If you have a tree, it has its nourishment. It has its roots. And our nourishment roots are in Christ. And that nourishment flows up through there, and it creates fruit. And the fruit grows from the time that it's very small until all throughout its fruitation, if you will, until it's ripe, you see. God is working with each and every one of us. But he's trying to get us to bear a certain kind of fruit called Christianity, disciple of Christ, a follower of Christ, a lover of God, a denier of this world, you see. He's got some things planned for us. It's not just... We're walking down here doing nothing. He wants us to live a certain way. Because in living that way, we are doing his will. Because it's not about my feelings. It's not about my resolve. Really not even about my sin. It's about my surrender to God. Because until we humble ourselves to God, until we surrender ourselves to God, we're not going to be able to drink richly of the nutrients that he, that he supplies that we might be able to bear that fruit worthy of repentance. These Jews, they come down there to be baptized. We're going to read this here in a minute. They come down there to be baptized of John, baptized of repentance. And he tells them, show me fruits worthy of repentance. Because just like a lot of people, they blindly go down, they want to get baptized, and they have no intention of ever changing their life or doing anything. It's just something that they do so that they can say, hey, I did it. And I'm good. But that's not what God wants from us. That's the beginning. That's a birth. That's when we get started. So let's take a look at the text and then let's read a couple things. Luke 3, verses 7, 8, and 9. Verse 8 is our main verse. You should read before and after the text. But we just don't have time. I got... 20, 25 minutes 
So we don't have time to go into a real in-depth study. That's going to have to be on you. But verse 7 says, And he said, Therefore to the multitudes that went out to be baptized of him. This is John speaking. Ye offspring of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Now see, they all went down there because they knew that the Messiah was coming at some point. He says, Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance. And begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say unto you that God's able to raise up these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. In other words, what they were doing is they were saying in themselves, Hey, I'm born a Jew. I'm born a Jew. And I have lineage to Father Abraham. That's good enough. I'm good to go. They didn't have the love in their hearts that God wanted them to have. They were, just like we seen in class this morning. And if you weren't in class this morning, it was a great class. They weren't bearing fruit. They were just bearing leaves. The barren fig tree. And what I found interesting about this lesson this morning, I don't want to get sidetracked with my lesson, but what I found about interesting this morning, fig trees isn't made for shade, isn't made for cutting up wood, only made for one thing, bearing a delicacy, a delicate fruit, a delicacy. That's the only thing that a fig tree is made for. And so therefore, it's planted, and it's attended to, and it's given water and nutrients and all those things that it might not grow shade, that it might not grow firewood, that it might grow a delicate, delicacy, a fig, a fruit. Rich, ripe, ready to eat. It says, bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance and begin not to say within yourselves that we have Father Abraham to our father, for he's able to bring up stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And even now the axe also lieth at the root of the tree. Every tree therefore that bringeth not forth good fruit. Notice he says good fruit. There's a certain kind of fruit he's wanting. Is hewn down and cast into the fire. All right. So he's trying to show us an example here of our own lives. Now, it doesn't mean that fruit is, you're going out here baptizing a million people. That's not necessarily what he's talking about. Sometimes fruit is personal growth in me. That God's trying to get in me or in you. Because he's working with us because every one of us has things that separate us from our God. And I'm not alone. And we're working on it. I don't want to be separated from God. And I want to enjoy the salvation that's offered in Christ. And so therefore, I want to change my mind. And change my actions. And change my purpose. And that's what repentance is. Because I want to change my mind about sin. And I'm not going to talk to you about my sin. Because we all have our own. Not about me, it's about you. It's about our relationship, yours relationship to God and my relationship to God. And Peter tells us if we both have that, then we have a relationship to one another. All right, we don't get into that. <clears throat> Biblical repentance is godly repentance, which means responding to God's love by being transformed in your convictions and in your actions. Now, both convictions and actions come from the heart of man. Turning towards God and turning away from anything, from whatever would dishonor God and keep you from God. 
Repentance is not about your emotions. Repentance is not about your sin, your effort, or your resolve. It is about your surrender to God. Because in our surrender to God, it will take care of all those things, will it not? If I truly surrender to God, will I want to still participate in the sins that separate me from Him? No. Am I still affected by Him? Yeah. Ooh, well, wait a minute. I don't want to be separated from God, but yet I, I have some sin in my life. What, what do I got to do, Father? Ooh, I got to repent. Well, that means change my mind. Well, how am I going to do that? I've fallen in love with this sin, and, and I've practiced it all my life. And, and the whole world does it, let's say. He goes, well, you're not like the whole world. You're called out of that. You need to bring fruits worthy of your repentance. Oh, I need to change my heart, change my mind, change my actions, change everything. Why? Because I'm a disciple of the Lord. And he is here to work with me to get me to heaven. He's here to work with you to get you to heaven. I can't save you. Preachers just allow me. But God's word can help instruct you and help you get to the point where you want to be in that relationship with God. And then guess what? Sacrificing sin in your life is a pleasure. Oh my God, let me, let me get rid of the sin in my life. Now, we struggle with it because we do all kinds of things with ourselves, don't we? We uh, justify sin, and uh, we minimize sin, and we deny that we have sin. We do all kinds of weird stuff like that, don't we? But deep down in our heart, we know it disrespects God, don't we? We know what, we know what dishonors God. And then Jewish people should have known. When they came out there to get baptized, their heart wasn't right, and John knew it. He said, who warned you vipers? They weren't willing to turn to God. They were ready to turn to God. They just wanted whatever God would give them in heaven. This is the way we find out here in the world. Everybody wants heaven. What's that country song? Everybody wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die. What, isn't that a country song? I heard it one time. I thought it was pretty funny, because it's true. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but they don't want to separate. They don't want to die here on this earth, separate themselves from all the carnal things. See, you die means to separate. I found the song funny. Because it says everybody wants to go to heaven. That's true. Nobody wants to die. But what he didn't understand was he's talking about physical death. We're talking about spiritual death. We die to things <laughs> in this world spiritually. I separate myself from sin of this world spiritually. Because I decide that I want to be on the side of God. No matter what it takes. No matter what it takes. I don't want one thing standing between me and God. Reformation of a life is a vital change from evil to good. From, from in righteousness in Christ. From vice to virtue, from darkness to light, from carnal to spiritual. Turn with me over to Isaiah. And uh, we're going to be in the first chapter. And we're going to go down to about the 16th verse. And he tells them what they need to do to get themselves in alignment. Because I don't want my emotions and my feelings telling me how to be because I know that my emotions and my feelings 
And all those things, my resolve, everything can be all screwed up if I don't have it in Christ. Right? So I have to make sure that I'm doing the right kind of things so that I'm developing the right kind of fruit. You know, people out here in the world, they develop a fruit too, in evil. You ever see one of the mafia movies? Those guys develop themselves from time they're small till the time they're an old man to be able to do all the evil that they do. They bear fruit, but it's an evil fruit. We want a righteousness. We want a righteous fruit. Verse 16 of Isaiah 1 says, Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Now, here's what I like right here. I love this part. Learn to do well. I like that. Because I can learn. You see, he's asking me to learn. That's a future thing. That's, that's something I'm doing today and walking towards. So I can learn. He doesn't say you have to be it. He says you're walking towards it. You have to learn. I like that because I can learn. You can learn. We can all learn. Learn to do well. Seek justice. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. All of these things are totally opposite of almost any society you live in. Because all of these things are easily to oppress, easily to ignore. And that's what people do when they get involved with man, money, society, greed, friends, everybody else. And then they forget these basic things. The poor and the needy, poor in spirit. Friends might have a need. We're to be a different kind of people. He said, plead for the widow. Now, verse 18, he says, come now. Notice the urgency, come now, not come tomorrow. Not come next week, next year. He says, come now and let us reason together, saith Jehovah. Now I want to talk right there for a moment. This reasoning together is an education for me and you. We're not going to convince God of sin. He's reasoning with us to convince us of righteousness. When he says, come, let us reason together, he's reasoning us, reasoning with us unto righteousness. It's up to us to comply. It's up to us to surrender. It's up to us to have the mindset of repentance. Because why? This is a natural thing. It's a natural thing. You start going towards God. You're reading his word. You're trying to grow. You're trying to let him in your life. You're trying to take the discipline that he's putting out to you. And guess what? You're going to be a healthy plant. You're going to be a healthy plant. You're going to grow. And you're going to produce the fruit that he wants. What's the fruit that he wants? Righteousness. The fruit that he wants is righteousness in our heart. In our mind, in our actions, in our life. With Christ as our head, everything we do is under the banner of Christ. To the glory of God. Come now, let us reason together, saith Jehovah. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Oh, thank God. Man, I tell you what, I got a lot of sin in there. It's just as red as scarlet as could be. He told me he's going to remove it. 
didn't ask how much you have. He just says, although your sins be as scarlet, they'll be as white as snow. You'll be as white as snow. They shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat of the good of the land. Like he said, the land isn't the dirt. When the Bible talks of the land in the Old Testament, it's not the dirt. It's not America. It's not an acre. He's talking of that rich land, the spiritual land, and ultimately heaven's bliss. The land that he actually has prepared for people. This is the trial ground. This is the temporary. We're going to go through probably millions of generations. I have no idea. But he's gone through generation after generation after generation. People come, they're born, they die. What's the purpose? What's the purpose? Is it the purpose uh, uh, to make Microsoft? Is it the purpose to make riches? Is it the purpose to have entertainment? Or is the purpose to allow man down here to run this world like he wants to in a carnal way where we can all have food, cars, and all that stuff, electricity and everything, and the ones that will listen to God will come into him and he will bring these fruits worthy of repentance because they are saddened over sin. They are saddened over the fact that they don't have the relationship that they should with God because they know that sin separates. Fruit is a product that is going through the natural changes. Of course, now we're talking about in Christ here when we submit ourselves 100% to Christ. There'll be natural changes. See, you can't force yourself with your own resolve to be good. Now, I'm not going to tell you how I know that, but I know that. You cannot do it. That's why the law was brought, to show us how sinful sin is. But in Christ, <coughs> but in Christ, we can have the resolve to be in Christ. And it walks us away from sin daily, hourly. Because we're putting our concentration on our Lord. Often finish for our day. We no longer trust the world. We no longer believe everything that comes across the news, the TV, the media, whatever. We trust God's word. Because this world out here would love to get me discouraged. They would love to get me down. They would love to get me forgetting anything about evil of sin. Because, you know, they rejoice in it. Just turn the TV on and see it. And they love that. And we're educated away from it through God's Word, His Holy Spirit. And pretty soon, sin is anathema to us as well as it is to God. Because we're wanting to be on God's side of things. You see, we don't understand always sin because sin looks so good sometimes out here in the world. They make it look really good. And the older you get, the more you realize it. But when you're young, you don't realize it. See? And sin looks really good. And what it does is it separates from God because it takes your mind. You don't have to be out here 
robbing banks and murdering and raping people to be going away from God, you know. You can be entertained right into hell if you like with the world's program. Or you can turn away from the world and turn towards God, his program, which is called Word of God, Spirit of God, Christ. <clears throat> if you be willing, verse 19, and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of Jehovah has spoken it. That's a promise. 2 Corinthians 7. I want to get through these verses and get us out of here decently because we've seen this all morning. It's really good, though. 2 Corinthians 7. We're going to read 10 and 11 because we want to see. Well, let's go up to verse 8. For though I made you sorry with my epistle, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, for I see that the epistle made you sorry, though but for a season, just for a little while. I now rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you were made sorry unto repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly sort, that you might suffer loss by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation. Woo! Whoa, 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 whoa. What did he say? Godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation. Now that's a step-by-step -step thing that I can get my chompers into. One thing at a time. Obedience, love. And he offers us salvation at the end of it. So godly sorrow worketh repentance. So if I... I gotta look and see what kind of sorrow do I have. Do I have a sorrow that's actually bringing about a repentance, or do I have a godly sorrow that's a carnal sorrow and it's just for a little while? You ever had that? Sorrow is just, oh man, I did something, I messed up, I caused this, I caused, oh, I'm real sorry for that. But next time it comes around, you're not that sorry for it because you're gonna do it again. That's, that's, that's worldly repentance. We've all had it. Well, we've all had it. But God repentance isn't that way. It's totally different. Because it's a total change of heart. It's a change of mind. It's an agreement with God. Remember, he said he's got to reason together with us. He gets us to agree with him. Why? Because of his truth and his righteousness. There's nothing more beautiful about God than his righteousness to me. He never calls us to anything that's not righteous. He doesn't call us to sin. He doesn't call us to mediocrity. He doesn't call us to any of those apathetic things. He calls us to a lively hope. A lively hope. For godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation, a repentance which bringeth no regret, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. For behold, the self-same thing, that you were made sorry after a godly sort, what Earnest care it wrought in you. Oh, they were sorry after godly sort. And what care it wrought in them. What, what kind of care? Care that they didn't offend God. <laughs> they cared about that relationship with God more than they cared about the sin. They were careful how they lived. Oh, and, and believe me, I'm not speaking to you guys. I'm speaking to me because I need to hear this. I'm sure you do too. But I need to hear this. To be careful in how you live here. <clears throat> Which brings, 
For behold, the selfsame thing that you were made sorry after godly sort, verse 11, what earnest care it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves, yea, what indignation, yea, what fear, yea, what longing, yea, what zeal, yea, what avenging in everything ye approved yourself to be pure in the matter. So and though I wrote to you for this cause that did the wrong thing, in other words, he got on to them. But they reacted in the right way. So are we acting, reacting in the right way to God's discipline, you see? He's trying to bring us along. He's not trying to hurt me. He's not trying to throw me away. But there are things in my life that can cause problems. They're not his problems. They're mine. I'm the one that needs salvation. He's, he's the one offering. He's going to reason with me. He's going to reason with you. He's bringing us through Christ to salvation. But we have to see what he wants from us. He wants us to have a different life than the world's projecting to us. It's different. Turn with me to Galatians 5. I got this one, one more scripture. Because I know you've already got the whole thing. 22 to 24 is what we're going to read. Let's go back up to 19. Well, let's see. You're just going to have to read the whole thing for yourself. But we'll go up to 19. Now the works of the flesh are made known, which are these. Fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, you know, the wildlife. Idolatry, sorcery, enemy, enmities, you know, strife. Jealousies, wrath, factions, divisions, parties, envyings, drunkenness, revelings, and such of the like I forewarn you, even as I did forewarn you, that they who practice such things shall not, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But, now he, he gives us the other side of this. But the fruit of the Spirit is, now he gives us what it is. Love, that's sacrificial in nature, by the way. Joy understanding that we have salvation, peace, knowing that we don't have any separation from God, long-suffering, knowing that we may have disciplines, but we're going to have to work through it, kindness, because we have to have the right attitude in our sufferings, goodness, faithfulness. He was talking about that this morning. We don't have any seasons on fruitfulness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. Against such, there's no law. And they that are of Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and the passions and the lust thereof. If we live by the Spirit, by the Spirit let us also walk. Let us not become vainglorious, provoking one another, envying one another. Fruits of the Spirit. Those things are pure and right, just and holy. And often, I want you to write down or have that scripture in front of you one of these days, the fruits of the Spirit. And when you turn off that TV, television, write down how many fruits of the Spirit they are offering you as they go through one of their shows. It's all preaching to you for the devil. That's just my opinion, what it's worth. All right, last scripture, Philippians 1, 
8 through 11. The fruits of righteousness are unto the glory of God. But it also gives us glory. Because sin is a shame where righteousness builds one up. For God is my witness, verse 8, how I long after you in the tender mercies of Christ Jesus. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and all discernment. So he wants us to have knowledge and discernment. Verse 10, so that you may approve the things which are excellent, not good, better, best, but excellent. We're talking spiritual. So that ye may be sincere and void of offense until the day of Christ. Being filled, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are through Christ Jesus unto glory and praise of God. Now that's what he wants. He wants us to be filled with the fruits of righteousness. Fruits that are worthy of our repentance. He just wants us. He wants us to believe, trust, to obey him in everything. And not to trust the world. Because the world is of the devil. It's going to lie to you. It's going to lie to me. And often it looks like it's pretty convincing. But we've always got to compare it with God's word. Because where there's a where there's a split in the road, morally, we always want to take the side of God over the side of the world and its carnal desires out here. Because our only purpose of getting together is to encourage one another in the most holy faith. That we might all be there on that day. There is no other reason for us getting together. We sing. Praise to God. We study His Word. We want to understand so that on that day, because it will be a different day for each one of us. We're not all going to die on the same day. Most likely. So that when that day comes, you're 100% prepared. Knowing that no, you weren't perfect. But you did have the fruits worthy of repentance and you love God and you came over on his side and he's offered this to you all the way because when you're a fruit you know you have to grow from the time that you just barely a little shoot and then you get a little bigger a little more sunshine a little bit more water and stuff pretty soon you get into a right it's ready it's ready to prepare for the thing that was prepared for and we are the same he is working with us to prepare us for heaven's bliss and to turn away from this world down here. But we have to walk by faith. And we have to see it in righteousness. We have to see what God really has for us through his son. I hope that this has helped you this morning to understand the lesson was great that we had uh, this morning about the fig tree, the barren fig tree. We don't want to be that. We don't want to be like the Jews were. Those things were given to us so that we could change. Because, you know, we can be discouraged going, well, I can't do it. Well, indeed, you cannot. You can't. Christ did for you. And appreciation is something you can't do. But like he says, we learn over time to appreciate more and to walk closer and to deny the things of this life. But it takes 
walk to But we're ready to walk today. Right now, because today is the salvation. If you're outside the body of Christ, the journey begins with baptism, confession of faith. And if you're a Christian, I hope these lessons, take them home, read them. And if you forgot them and you need a scripture, call us up. Because there's nothing better than to learn what God has in store for you in your life. To where when you live every day, you live in the confidence of Christ and the confidence of knowing that you're at one with God through the blood that's shed in your behalf. And that you can rise over the things that are holding you down and over your self-will and all that stuff when you put your trust in the Lord. Let's stand and sing our closing hymn. Thank you for listening.